You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today, we return to the monthly series, Back to the Future, in which we discuss the renewed interest in traditional approaches to food, farming, and natural resource preservation. Today, we'll be speaking with Lauren Baker from Earth to Table Legacies about life processes and ways of knowing in our food system. Welcome, Lauren. Thanks, Peggy. Thanks for having me on the show. We're really delighted to have you here, Lauren. Let's jump right in. What is Earth to Table Legacies and what is its purpose? Well, we set out with Earth to Table Legacies to have a more intimate conversation across cultures, across generations about food sovereignty, about food justice across the Americas, across Turtle Island. In the process of those conversations, we ended up recording them, videotaping them, creating photo essays and uh, developing an educational package, which includes, you know, highlights from our conversations together. So we've got 10 videos, 11 photo essays, a really beautiful website, if I may say so myself, earthtotables.org. And we're building on these relationships and these conversations. We've hosted events with others, you know, including educators, activists, academics, anyone interested in these conversations across generations, across cultures about the future of our food systems. And I think we just wanted to start with ourselves. You know, what do we each have to say about food? Everyone involved in the project is doing really interesting work, whether that's, you know, farming in the Yucatan Peninsula, in Mexico, uh, in Muskoka region, or in the Gaspe. And then of course, you know, this project was, it was a kind of miracle of timing because we had just finished creating our photo essays, developing the website. Of course, all that is, is a lot of work for everyone. And then COVID hit and everyone's just like hungry for these online resources to support online conversations. And the work just kind of took off, especially in educational contexts, teachers at the elementary school level, at the secondary school level, and at the post-secondary school level have really been using these resources to complement their teaching on, for example, truth and reconciliation and the Canadian context on agroecology, on issues of food justice, race in the food system, uh, racism in the food system. So it was really a confluence of timing and events that we were able to connect into to extend the work and made the work uh, relevant. We're rethinking our food systems and we're grounding those conversations in our daily and personal practice of, of working on these issues. That's great. Lauren, I love that approach and how multifaceted the community is that you're describing has come together under Earth to Table Legacies with the varied backgrounds and a wonderful program. I'm really happy to have you here. It sounds a little intuitive, but I'd like you to have an opportunity to put some of your own perspective on it. But what is meant Earth to Table? In the group of collaborators, um, you know, I described, for example, Anna and Adam who are farming in the Gaspe, Dan and Diane who are farming in Muskoka, Fulvio, Maria, and their family who are farming in a Purapecha community in Michoacan, Mexico, and Helen Valiana, who are creating a, a new farm and garden educational center in the Yucatan in Mexico. That's the earth part. These are people who are deeply connected to the earth and are reconnecting to life and life-giving processes through food. And then around the table are people like Chandra Miracle and Rick Hill from Six Nations um, in Ontario who bring 
bring people together around the table, thinking about the food we eat and the transformative potential of eating differently, reweaving our cultural connections to each other and to our communities through food. So this project, Earth to Tables, really connects of course, like earth to our tables, um, sort of metaphorically and practically. The work is very arts-based. A lot of the collaborators are really interested in the kind of art and science of growing food, but also in arts more generally and using video and sound and visuals to help people think more creatively, intuitively about food systems. And again, as I said before, the future of food. That's wonderful. Calling us to remember that we are creators too, and that we have something to say or do about the future. And so I love that about Earth to Table legacies. And why legacies? It was very profound for me to see it another level of thinking about our behavior, our choices, if we're fortunate enough to have them. This notion of legacies is very powerful. And so can you talk a little bit about that? You know, we landed on this idea of legacies through our collective conversations. And we wanted to start with personal legacies. Like what is the legacy of the kind of history of our families and where we've come from and how we think about issues like food sovereignty? What has led us to these places? And how does that connect to our personal legacies in our communities and in our families and and on this planet? Um, But we also, in our conversation, explored social and cultural legacies. So all the kind of cultural connections, traditions, networks and movements that were part of and that we explored through our conversations about justice and food. And then, you know, to your point and the question, there are a lot of political and ecological legacies related to the food system. You know, how do we develop a collective understanding of the legacy of the Green Revolution, for example, legacies of the residential school system, legacies of a corporate food regime over time that has broken our food systems and led to the industrial industrialization of food systems, as well as the corresponding movements that are confronting those legacies. So in the materials, in the sort of um, background materials, and in the stories that we're telling, we're kind of connecting into these legacies and and making them visible. Often, I think we go through our lives unaware of our connection to these legacies. You know, just back to your point about we are creators of legacies. And I think that this is a really nice theme. We're living in this world. We're creating legacies individually and together. So yes, trying to, you know, (laughs) create legacies more intentionally and have a conversation about that, which is, which is really lovely and exciting, especially when you're doing it across cultures and befriend people in in Mexico and Canada and have this exchange and develop the relationships over time, which I think has been really essentially important part of this process. You know, as I was listening to you speak, Lauren, I was just thinking how unifying it is. We're bound by the earth and, you know, we're human beings seeking um, understanding. And so this notion of legacy and this unifying aspect that as we vary the particulars, we start to see some of the common themes and that's what brings us together. And that leads us to this creative evolution that we are all, I think, hoping for. One of the points that I noticed on the Earth to Table Legacies website is the idea that people shape food and food shapes people. Can you expand on this a little bit, please? Yeah. There have been a number of themes that illustrate this idea of people shaping food and food shaping people. One of them is seeds and seed sovereignty. So really understanding 
the relationship between people, farmers, eaters, and seed systems. For example, we've had this active seed exchange across our collaborators. So planting each other's corn um, in our gardens and seeing how that works, remembering that we're actually part of these processes, right? We are shaping the food system and food, of course, is fundamental to who we are as human beings. It's foundational for our health. It's fundamental in terms of the landscapes that we live in. So again, it's like actively shaping the food system and and really understanding that we're agents of change in the food system as people and that other foods are also active agents of change. They're actively changing us and have a really interesting kind of agency that we're not often talking about. So, you know, we've had all these great conversations about things like corn and seeds that have kind of connected us in terms of sharing knowledge and sharing skills and thinking about how to ground these conversations that can be very theoretical sometimes, but ground them in sort of daily practice or in a shared practice. Right. And one of the grounding factors that I've heard you mention a few times since we started speaking, Lauren, is uh, life processes and organizing structure or grounding framework that we sort of are being creative about and envisioning the future. And then actually there's science with it too. So I'm wondering why should food and food systems be contemplated through the lens of life processes? You know, food is the foundation of life processes. So food systems are, of course, deeply dependent on ecological processes. And in my own work, I've done work on true cost accounting, which really reveals those dependencies, right? What are the dependencies of our food systems, but also all of our other economic activity? And often those are invisible. So just recognizing that food systems are deeply dependent on ecological processes are really important. And it's something that we're exploring in this work and in our educational materials. One of the themes is soil and exploring how soil is alive with biological activity. So, you know, you talked about the science, there's a rich and emerging science around the biological complexity of soil that, and we're just scratching the surface of this. We're reconnecting with that kind of biological, ecological science in this work. So again, food is the foundation of health and life processes. And we're so distanced from that idea. That's an idea from Brewster Neen. How do we bridge that distance? How do we really understand food as connected to life processes, to an ecological relationship that we have in the world with each other and through our food systems? Right. And as you were speaking, I mean, so interdisciplinary and deeply philosophic that it's important to have programs like Earth to Table Legacies to help people seek knowledge, make their own decisions. We are not all going to see the world the same way. And isn't that a great thing? Very helpful to position it in life processes, Lauren. And uh, I'm just so glad that the program exists. After the break, we'll focus on diverse ways of knowing our food system with Lauren Baker from Earth to Table Legacies. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. Welcome 
Welcome back. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist. You're listening to Food for the Future. Lauren Baker from Earth to Table Legacies is here to share her insight into ways of knowing in our food system. Lauren, you had mentioned before the break a little bit about science. We talked about, you know, historical wisdom and cross-cultural wisdom and the humanities. And so those are different ways of knowing. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on why do we need diverse ways of knowing when discussing food in general, but legacies in particular? I think what this connects back to in my mind is the sort of politics of knowledge, right? Where right now, many of our dominant knowledge systems revolve on a kind of narrow view of science and scientific evidence, which of course is really important. But what are the diverse ways of knowing that we need related to the future of food? I mean, we're right now in a moment globally, our food systems are not operating within the planetary boundaries. They're reducing and impacting biodiversity. They're the main drivers of land use change and deforestation globally, um, anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions. And then of course, the corresponding health crisis. So how are we solving those problems? How are we thinking systemically? And for this, I really believe we need diverse ways of knowing. We need to move beyond Western science. We need to have conversations and connect into the wisdom of indigenous elders and histories. We need to look in other parts of the world about how they're managing their traditional food systems in relationship with nature and ecological processes. And that's why we need diverse ways of knowing. And so what does that look like? It is scientific evidence, but it's also storytelling. It's the arts. I mean, that's a form of knowing and evidence. We need farmer to farmer knowledge and peer to peer sharing. These are all diverse ways of knowing that we can share and build a new base of knowledge about our food systems. And that creates like a a different legacy. It confronts the legacy of sort of green revolution agriculture, which has been exported from the West all over the world, disrupting these different ways of knowing. So we're really exploring and challenging that. Really offering a broad uh, perspective of information as we start to develop policy and think about education programming, as well as a school food program. So all of these things are very important as we think about a diverse diverse data set for how we're going to move forward. And one of the things that you mentioned, Lauren, is storytelling. That's a unique method and way of knowing. And what does this approach reveal? Why is it an important way of knowing to include? Yes. I mean, the whole Legacies website is based on sharing stories through photo essays and through video. And I want to highlight one, which is Ryan DeCara's photo essay on language and food. He's exploring how does language shape our way of thinking about food and food systems, language, not just as a means of communication, but what's stored in language. And so he, of course, is talking about Mohawk language, which is being revitalized right now. And it changes your way of thinking. Ryan is saying that the way we speak and the structure of our language shapes the way that we think. And just last week, we added a new segment to the website, which is an absolutely extraordinarily beautiful expression of this. We worked with a collaborator from York University, who got her students to respond to the essay and reflect on the essay through their beadwork. And so this is on the website, Indigenous um, students were beading and interpreting what Ryan was saying, you know, so Mm -hmm. Ryan is telling us a particular story about language and food, and then this fantastic reinterpretation of that through this beadwork um, that was done at the Faculty of Education at York University. 
it's a really neat extension of the work. And it's the way that we can tell stories in multiple ways, but they're all stories, you know, they're all personal stories and it is really powerful. I mean, it's just a different way of connecting into the information and into a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I just think it connects um, emotionally differently than, you know, reading a book or reading an academic article or whatever the case may be. Right. And very democratic because everyone can participate. You're part of it. And so it really does achieve the end of trying to raise the collective consciousness, raise the conversation level. And with storytelling, a key element of that is witness. You know, we're usually telling a story about something that we saw or what our worldview is. And so why is witness so important to share when we're talking about personal connections to food and a meaningful way to acquire knowledge? Well, I think I'll just build on what I was saying about Dr. Kira Brandt's project around the beadwork. So engaging her students and an example of witnessing the food system. So through the beadwork, they're not only responding and sort of witnessing the photo essay, but they're also speaking to their relationship to language, food, land, their relationship to beadwork as a form of knowledge translation. And I think in that act of witnessing, we're translating and meaning making for ourselves and for others. And so what is happening through the arts-based work that Legacies Collaborators is doing is that they're making visible that witnessing process so that it can become part of our collective storytelling and our exchange about these issues and ideas. So, you know, food justice is another one. We're bearing witness um, to food justice and injustice in the food system. And what does it mean to actively engage in those conversations and see ourselves as agents of change, as part of those systems, not separated from them, that both perpetuate injustice and are part of creating food justice or contributing to food justice. And this is all part of this idea of witnessing that you're bringing up in such an interesting way. Wonderful. And so, so much to build on there. And I really encourage everyone to go to the Earth to Table Legacies site to access for yourself some of these art-based messaging that share stories and present witness from a perspective that you might not have yourself. And they're very educational. And Lauren, this show, we take a humanities approach. We try to stimulate thinking and to see philosophy as a way of life, honor our history where we've been, but also be excited about our future and all the creativity that we have and how we can build a world that is a better place. And food is so central to that. How can these approaches help us to understand food legacies? Well, I think that this kind of storytelling approach, this um, idea of, of witnessing or seeking is really foundational to what you're doing on the show. It's really important for the future of food. And really all around us, there are examples of people working on food systems, trying to improve them, really doing this kind of deeper transformative work in their communities and on land and in their classrooms. And I'm really excited about that kind of collective conversation conversation. How do we link these initiatives? And how do we build a new story about food that is ecological, equitable, resilient, diverse, and healthy? So that's how I'm kind of connecting her 
personally, the legacies work to some of my other work, you know, around the world on, on food systems transformation. Wonderful. And we get to hear stories from families and farmers and experts really that have known that land and worked that land. Things like that are so central and really important. So wonderful way to bring humanities alive through earth to table legacies. Lauren, the show is called Food for the Future and why it is seeking your personal connection to food and its life processes help us create a flourishing food system now and beyond? Well, I've worked on food issues really for my whole career. And for me, it's been a way to connect my interests and social justice and equity with environmental sustainability. I started out growing food on rooftops in Toronto, working on urban agriculture. And now I'm working more on this Legacies Project, which is a personal project I'm so passionate about, but also working at the kind of global level on some of these bigger issues like how how does food become a solution to the climate crisis? And how do we change the narrative about food globally and shift policy making at different levels? So, you know, to me at the foundation, like we've talked about, food is a life process. It's central. And that's central to how we rethink food systems. We have to connect back to food as a life-giving process. And we need to kind of reconnect into in a fundamental way that helps us rethink the future, not only of food, but of us as a species on this planet to those life processes. Wonderful. And sometimes we've got a lot to confront when we're hearing these types of messages, but really the main message is, is that it doesn't have to be that way and that we can create something different together. And so thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate you joining us today. And I've learned a lot, mostly that I have a lot more to learn about food. And thank you very much for sharing your worldview today. Thanks so much, Peggy. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. It's been delightful having you, Lauren. Today on Food for the future, we've been speaking about food legacies and the future of food with Lauren Baker from Earth to Table Legacies. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, what is your family's food heritage? Something to do, visit earthtotables.org to learn from food icons and to read a diverse range of stories about food. Next week on the show, we return to the series Food for Thought, in which we discuss big ideas about food in order to raise the conversation level and to find the way forward together. We'll be speaking with Caitlin Creighton from Green Economy London about greening agri-food businesses. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.